Welcome to Amplify, a podcast that gives marginalized communities and diverse people a platform to share their story and reclaim their narrative. I think because of the Filipino community here that they've established, or in Evansville, yeah, that they've established in Evansville, I think it really helps her ease with like our family being alone and not um, exposed to any more like Filipino cultures or just contact in general. Before you enjoy the episode, we ask that you please support this podcast by sharing it with your friends and family and let us know what you think by leaving us a review and what you want to hear more on the podcast. Our message is to amplify the voices of marginalized and diverse communities. Just remember, it is most impactful when diverse people share their own narrative. Welcome back to Amplify. Today I am here with Bia. Um, do you do you pronounce it Perez or I know like in the oh. like the 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 Philippines that like I'm pretty sure it wasn't it occupied by Spain at one point. So a lot of the people have like Latino last names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you pronounce your last name? I I want to make sure that I'm pronouncing <laughs> everything correctly. It's fine. Thank you. Um, my name is Bea Paras. And okay, so I completely butchered that. Bella Perez. Right? Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I always like to, because you know, like if you are a frequent viewer of Amplify and you know, like my, what my full name is, like I'm Arab, <laughs> and my last name is like you. Amira doesn't have the same last name as me. She, Amira's are. Uh, is my cousin and she's her friend so we'll get into that conversation but her <laughs> last name is much easier than mine <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like mine is like i pronounce it like the americanized version of it is al Qadari, but the real version of it is el khudari so oh. it's like yeah there's like a you have they really use your throat <laughs> for it yeah. i mean <laughs> like my white teachers or just american teachers in general they say is like paris like the french city uh, but uh, i just thought <laughs> it's exactly the same yeah yeah <laughs> and usually they go with b instead of bea but like in the philippines it's more um commonly pronounced as bea so mm-hmm. i don't so it also- sounds prettier than b i think so like <laughs> yeah so much nicer <laughs> yeah i I was more flair, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I so something that connected us. So you're friends with my cousin Amira, like I had said um, before, and so she introduced us to do this podcast here today. And so if you guys had listened to one of the first episodes of the season, um, comfort across. It wasn't comfort across cultures. That was one that was a couple episodes ago. But the first episode of the season. And maybe I'm not a good host of my podcast. I don't remember the name of the episode, but it was a conversation with me and Amira because our backgrounds are a little bit different. Even her being my cousin, I grew up from America the day that I was born, but she came when she was 10 years old. So 
So I was having a conversation with her about exactly how she felt when she came here. And I kind of want to have that same conversation with you today. So you coming from the Philippines and like landing in America, like, can you describe some of your experiences, what you had perceived America to be? And then when you got here, you're like, what, what was all of those feelings that you had? All right. So I have a lot to unravel. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. I apologize if my response is going to be super unorganized, but I I have a really, like, long, complex answer to that. As a child, I was very, very eager to move to a different country. Like, I mean, it's like curiosity, and I want to see more things and um, explore and just be exposed to, like, different um, cultures and environments. I was nine. When I moved here, um, I, I my impression of America was, I would say, definitely from movies and, like, media that, in a sense, kind of romanticized what, like, life is here like. Um, I was expecting that I would live to, like, or I would move and reside in, like, some major, like, metropolitan city and, like, I would see celebrities everywhere, to be honest, which clearly is a lie because I don't live in <laughs> I don't live in there. I don't see like Ryan Reynolds crossing the street or something and getting his morning coffee. But like I wasn't expecting like I was my expectations were definitely high because of what I saw on TV and I wasn't really watching the news, let alone what our news channels like talk about America a lot, obviously, because I didn't live there. <laughs> but, like, um, yeah, I thought movies really, like, gave me the impression that America was this economically rich country and that everyone had a very comfortable livelihood, everything was feasible, and that all cultures are welcome here because a lot of those movies showed a lot of diversity as well. And... Yeah, I thought, um, I thought it would be a comfortable life here, and yeah, I agree. I do think I lived a comfortable life ever since I moved here. Not that like I wasn't living a comfortable life in the Philippines. I was just saying like, um, I thought like the transition wasn't super bad, but definitely it was the culture shock that really took me back. Like, I was looking forward to. A lot of like, I don't know <laughs> what the movies showed, but the movies didn't show me what what it's like to live here as a person of color, especially an immigrant. Moving here, I didn't really meet a lot of immigrants until like I was introduced to the my like the Filipino American community in Evansville. Um, well, I want to start with like. When I hopped out of the plane, <laughs> we met up with some members of the community like right away. Like we didn't, I didn't even like stop by the new house or the new apartment that I was gonna live in. <laughs> we went to their house and they gave us, they hosted a welcome dinner and I met like other families as well, which was really nice. I thought it was, um, yeah, I thought it was like accommodating for like kids and just the, my family in general who is, very shocked about 
Evansville. Um, although I live, I live in Newburgh, or I lived in Newburgh rather. Um, I definitely believed um, when I when I moved to Evansville, I was like, oh, it's the country. <laughs> I wasn't. I was like expecting like I don't know, like New York or something. And it was so funny because I had in like I would literally be on my computer back in the Philippines. Like we just have this like laptop laying on our table, and I would just Google search about like what Evansville looks like, and I wasn't expecting um, fields, a lot of like really big roads. Oh my god! Like it was wide, and um, the air was very clean. I lived in this like suburbs outside of Manila, and like it, it was shocking that you know the tropical atmosphere wasn't there and um so that shocked me but I was excited I'll admit I was really excited and um yeah I moved in the middle of summer break I believe but my summer break prior to the fifth grade was extended for a little bit because of how school years are like um format or like yeah are formatted in the Philippines so I did have a I did have a really long five month long <laughs> summer break. Um, skipping summer break, I just explored around. My parents tried driving throughout the city and knowing like basic routes and how to get to necessary places and stuff. You know, just learning how to like um, acclimate to the new environment. Um, but yeah, so you moved when you were nine. You said that you were living somewhat of a comfortable life in the Philippines. So what prompted your family to want to make that move? Um, well, my mother's job, she, um, her company was, or like her company offered her to transfer to a new location and just work in the, work in the Evansville like branch, I guess. <laughs> she, she offered she was offered the opportunity and she decided to take it so yeah oh that's we, pretty cool yeah she also looked forward to like what oppor the opportunities what america would offer unlike living in the philippines so it was a big so obviously it's a huge decision and um us being me being impressionable and being like oh i don't i don't care if i move to a new country i just want to look at new things and be in new environments and yeah it was it was a it was a big transition in general yeah what was your mom's impression when she came here did she did was she happy that she had made that decision to to transfer or was she like I should have stayed in the Philippines like what was her impression when she came here because it's, I think sometimes it's easier for kids to acclimate to mm -hmm to a new country especially if you're young you, you can you know you can easily blend into society but when you're a little bit older it might be a little bit harder of a transition mm -hmm. yes i agree like my mom really well my parents both my parents really hated <laughs> the four seasons the four season weather um but as her child i definitely would have a hard time understanding like her perspective on how she approached and delved into this transition. But for sure, I know my mom is a very family-oriented orient, oriented person um, because I think that's like a lot of what ethnic cultures have in common, the 
how connected they are to fam to extended family and um that's one thing that she really missed when we moved here she missed seeing her sisters um her parents and even her like um even like her family on her on like my dad's side like yeah she missed like being connected with our extended with our intermediate families um but other than that i think because of the filipino community here that they've established or in evansville yeah that they've established in evansville i think it really helps her ease with like our family being alone and not um exposed to any more like filipino cultures or just contact in general is the filipino community uh, here in town pretty large not as big as like you know on the west coast where there's a lot more filipino yeah yeah but in the midwest um especially in like southern indiana and like northern kentucky it's mm-hmm. not as big i feel like um i feel like i know some i know a majority or like a majority of names and i can recognize a majority of families but yeah it's not really big but I think I would say it's very close-knit. Yeah, I feel like I would agree. Like, but even that's kind of something that I would resonate a little bit before my, (laughs) like, because my family, a lot of my family moved to the United States. You're like your friends um, that have similar cultures to you start somewhat becoming your family because all of them are disconnected from their family overseas. So you start becoming what you would call like an an adopted family where you start like your friendships start becoming like your family. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, like I, the way I would hang out with the other kids who would have sleepovers or the parties would last past midnight and like we would feel very comfortable with each other despite not being like blood related, you know? (laughs) and like yeah that's um that's like the benefits with the community you have connections and um it eases the culture shock for sure I feel like yeah because like it's always it's always eased when you have something familiar to go back to without jumping into everything that's new that you have something Mm -hmm. that's like a a constant that's something that it makes it easier for sure mm-hmm. i also wanted to delve into some other stuff you said because i had these same conversations uh with amira too about like what you thought america was going to be like from movies i don't know what you were watching as kids but she would say like like you know like hannah montana or like oh. um mm-hmm. like all of those shows and most of those sh- like most show settings are always like in Los Angeles, in New York City. And like Mm -hmm. I was saying, like, most America doesn't look like LA, but all you see on television is this big metropolitan area. So then when you come to, like, when you come to America and you go to a small town, you're like, you kind of felt like robbed of what what movies tell you America is supposed to be like. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also had the impression, like, they lived some relatively lavish um like like lifestyles like most people all, overseas think that they think 
uh, everybody that lives in America is rich, which is yeah. not true at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad loves complaining, like, oh, my God, our relatives could saying, you guys are so rich because you live in America. Oh, no. <laughs> like, that should not be the impression at all. We I go just... to Costco and get our bulk. We... <laughs> yeah. And, like, we get, like, cars and people don't use public transportation as much here. And, like... Owning a car is such a luxury in the Philippines. Like, the number of times my parents emphasize that, and I agree. Um, yeah, but I think it's also, like, like overseas in general versus America. Like, America's not walkable. Like, oh, yeah. like overseas is very, like, you can, like, you don't need a car sometimes. Like, everything's very walkable. They have a public transportation system. They utilize taxis a lot. Like, now America, like, recently started, like, Uber wasn't mm-hmm. something, like, Uber's like a more newer thing, and that's yeah. the way, like you start like purchasing rides. But before that, people like taxis weren't widely used. Like, mm-hmm. like there is a stigma using the bus. Like public transport oh, yeah. wasn't like a normal thing, unless you live like in the East Coast and you go on the metro or something. Yeah, it's not even in the East Coast. Just like in the north, like the northeastern region in general. Like their downtowns are just, I guess, more public transportation friendly. But, like, even when I'm living in, I'm currently living in downtown Indianapolis right now, but, like, everyone, the way you need to get around, you need a car. I, like, it's, which is weird because, like, it's a downtown area, so, you know, buses would be more accessible. I do agree that busless, buses, excuse me, buses are (laughs) accessible, but, like, there's a stigma with using the bus. Like, I don't know if you've ever felt like that or, like, you've thought about using it but they're scared of the stigma um because my brother also lives in downtown indy and like there's no like the transportation is like like unless you have a car like mm-hmm. there is some walkable areas but it, most of it isn't walkable like yeah. unless you're like near the circle like um like where that fountain is or like that circle mm-hmm. center area yeah. and other than that like it's mostly not walkable yeah and like um the places from my campus from the IUPUI campus they're not I don't believe that they're like walkable distance friendly like I definitely have to bring a car and um and I have to travel that way um yeah I just oh it's my train of thought <laughs> excuse me sorry <laughs> do you feel like Indianapolis like fulfills like your childhood dreams of a big city or is it mostly like have you where how else have you been in america before um when i first the first year i moved here my parents were very eager to travel around as much as possible so i went to like cities like st louis and like nashville and um i don't know like some cities in ohio i really i literally forgot like cincinnati (laughs) and columbia yeah yeah (laughs) i was like (laughs) Ohio <laughs> what are those called <laughs> yeah but like um but my impression of metropolitan like the ones they showed in the movies it's have you been to LA or New York City before yes uh I have yes I have but like I didn't go to Hollywood but when I went to LA we went to like the Disney parks which is like <laughs> Did those fulfill, like, your, like, I know you live in Indianapolis now, but, like, does Indianapolis fulfill what you thought as a child, or more when you, did, 
or did New York City and LA when you went to them I know you didn't go to all parts did it fulfill mm -hmm. what you thought those places were going to be like was it accurate somewhat but not really because those movies showed like um like the more comfortable and like I would say like opulent and like upper class lifestyles of people that live in those areas in LA and New York um like they lived in like penthouses or something and then yeah then, <laughs> yeah with like you know, like you know like Jesse and freaking Disney Channel Oh like, yeah. Like, oh yeah, I'm a small town girl from Texas and I I'm from a military family, but I became a maid for these kids in New York City who apparently like live in a penthouse. And there's like some Komodo dragon in the penthouse too or something like that. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, that's definitely not accurate. Yes. <laughs> yes, like when I went to New York, we took the metro, walked a lot, but I didn't go to like really expensive boutiques or like cafes um we looked at the touristy areas but like um i didn't stay in like a really fancy hotel like um what was the movie home alone uh like the plaza yeah i was like what on earth no <laughs> like staying in down um staying in downtown was somewhat fulfilling of like what the media presented, but, um, yeah, I think, yeah, it was so, I think that really, like, movies really do romanticize, um, the United States for sure, oh, um, yeah. um, another thing that you were mentioning was, like, your guys's break, just, like, how you guys got breaks in Philippines was different, so, like, when you first came to America, because of the way you came, you ended up having, like, a five- month break can you discuss a little bit more about like your schooling like in the philippines like like how like if it was rigorous i know and i had discussed with my cousin and i was like f somewhat familiarized like the education system overseas is very intense um um and then there was like rank class rankings and you got like an overall average it wasn't like you got mm -hmm. grades based off like each class and then yeah. um then based off what like your senior year kind of like determine like your future for you like overseas where if you like depending on what your average was it gave you options of what you could do you could it's not like america where you could just choose whatever you wanted um and then i feel like in america there's always redemption like i don't i don't know if that makes sense but like like um like a chance, chance you always have chances to improve yeah. to be better like so what you didn't do good in high school, you know, you could get accepted, you could get accepted to some, co some college. And then, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you can't afford college and there's, there's opportunities for FAFSA or loans. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you didn't do well in a class, you could repeat it. You know, there's always, there's always stories of redemption. Like they really mm -hmm. do look at you more like holistically. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I don't know, that's my perception mm -hmm. of America, but can you kind of, talk about your schooling there and how you compare it to over here yeah so despite like I just reached like I just only completed up to like fourth grade of my elementary schooling in the Philippines but I do know we have entrance exams and that if you that our scores defined which department 
we would eventually study in university well if we were like accepted to a university but um in terms of school aside from like academia or like you know the rigor of like the academic environment i was shocked with like the length of school years here i feel like there's a lot of breaks because there's a lot of holidays that they um celebrate um the philippines we don't have thanksgiving we don't have i think we did have a spring break but it's, it wasn't like a week long spring break um i do believe our school days are generally longer because me as a kid i would literally have to wake up at like five in the morning <laughs> and the commute from back and forth to school would take like two hours um at least and in terms of rigor i feel like the standards or like um the curriculum is definitely more advanced overseas like when i moved here in fifth grade they were just starting to like multiply like double digits or something like that like you know where you have to stack the numbers and just and multiply that way yeah <laughs> yeah and like um i literally learned that in like second grade and i was like what where is the, the letter like, i can skip <laughs> some grades from now on yeah like but they didn't let me skip grades so i was like okay I, I think here also like they really try to like make the experience of school enjoyable for kids if that makes sense where like Sometimes they'll, they'll lessen on the academics, but they'll try to create an experience for kids where they'll try to make school fun. Like they'll do Christmas parties. They'll, you know, they'll do Valentine's Day parties. They'll do like um, just different activities. Like, I don't know if you, like the school you went to around here, but at least when I, growing up in school, like we always had parties like all the time. Like they always try to do like games. They do field trips. They bring like assemblies, like, I feel like overseas, they're, like, so strict that they, I don't know, like, at least my cousins, when they had come here, they didn't like the idea of school, but, like, when they came to elementary school here, they're, like, wow, it's, like, they make it, like, fun for kids. Even, like, the parents were, like, that they, like, make it fun for kids. They don't make it something that's, like, you know, yeah. they're trying to treat, like, a five-year-old like an adult with their homework and mm -hmm. all of that. I don't know if that's the impression you got, too. Um, actually, um, I think that our school system in the Philippines is very Americanized, that in terms of like the activities that you were talking about and like involvement of extracurriculars, they really well incorporated that into our school year as well. Like we would have cultural festivals, which is like, I don't know, there were like certain weeks or certain days of the year where I would like, um, like dress as like, some culture like some like um wear like cultural attire of like different countries and like we present on those countries but for sure i agree that the rigor i would say much more difficult overseas in the philippines in particular and what i said earlier about how like the filipino education system is very like americanized english was very well incorporated into like the elementary school system and that what I hear from like tourists that visit the Philippines they always mention about like 
how fluent we are in English and how adept we are at speaking English. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, because as kids, there's a lot of emphasis with like the um, with like being bilingual, um, speaking Tagalog and English interchangeably. And that's also like one thing that I was like very shocked here. They really don't like you learning like foreign languages until suddenly you're forced to do so in high school. <laughs> that's one thing I was relatively shocked on. I actually um, learned, um, I started learning Spanish in seventh grade mm-hmm. Ooh. at the school I went to. I didn't go to school in, in Newburgh. I went to school in Evansville. And mm-hmm. I even though, but I agree though, like they start learning language really young overseas um, versus um, versus in America for sure. Mm-hmm. What language were you learning? Like was it was English considered like the foreign language that you guys were learning um, in the Philippines? Um, yes and no, but you know how like other cultures they would combine like our la- like the native language name and like English, like uh, like Taglish, which is like Tagalog and English. Ah, uh, like mixing. Yeah. Oh, we so do that like, at our house. Yeah, <laughs> we, like, do, yeah. we do something called like Arabiglish. Like I I combined <laughs> it, but our parents Arab-ish. get so get so annoyed by it we'll add ed or ind to any arabic word like and make it like a verb <laughs> yeah like we would randomly say like english words in the middle of like the tagalog um like <laughs> my parents get so annoyed <laughs> like one language yeah. or the other <laughs> yeah and it's like but the ironic the funny thing is like it's so common in the philippines like which I was more expecting like everyone was like fully speaking Tagalog, but no, I think um, I think English isn't really treated as a foreign language anymore because it's more like a universal how, language. Yeah, because of how well incorporated it is in our curriculum. Like English classes were one of the first like few primary classes that you take, even if you're like even prior to elementary school, you know. Um, yeah. I think it's just become like standard at this point with a lot of curriculums like I, I always hear it like overseas like it's like English is like like, like oh, English yeah you're right they usually like do like French or something at least like in Arab countries I always hear it's like French is like their foreign language um, um but a big topic I would like to discuss is food so like I guess like culture shock with food like coming to America like Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the food scene in America and all of that versus, like, coming from the Philippines. Can you discuss yes. that a little bit? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, first of all, I remember clearly, like, a few days after we moved here, um, we met with, like, this real estate agent so that they talked about, so that my parents would discuss houses and stuff like that. But I remember eating out. Like, it was my very first eat out experience. I ate at a Red Robin. Holy crud. Oh, my God. Oh, I like Red yeah. Robin. But maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm about to hate on it. No, it's okay. I haven't been in a Red Robin in years, actually. But that was, like, my first, um, like, fast red, restaurant dining experience, you know. But How like that? Uh, oh, I was shocked that they didn't have rice. <laughs> As simple as that. Oh I was, yeah, rice is every like in everything. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like an Asian in yeah. Arab cultures. Well, also I want to discuss because you're Filipino, and I've mm-hmm. always wanted to try 
this um, fast food chain that's now made its way into America, Jollibee. What's your oh opinion God. about Jollibee? Do you think, do you like it? You don't like it? What's your opinion? Oh my God. I, the sole purpose of me just driving, or like the reason why I just want to drive to Chicago, like spontaneously is just because I want to get Jollibee. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a Jollibee in Bloomington. Oh my god, I no way. I wish. I have no I remember idea. my friend saying that she would always go there with her roommates. I'm gonna look it up for you right now. <laughs> oh my god. So, so, it, nope. okay, so it seems like you're a fan of Jollibees. Is that Very like much. a is that actually a big fast food chain in the Philippines though? Yes. Yes. I think overseas if like tourists or like just non Filipinos in general. Um I guess they, would- they got I guess they may have gotten rid of it. Wait, what? Cool. No, not in not in Chicago, but I don't think they have it in Bloomington. I thought they did though. I don't know why. <laughs> I love Jollibee. I try it, but every time we always go to an area, I forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But what, so, what do you like from Jollibee's? I know this is like an off-topic, <laughs> but I'm curious to hear from an actual Filipino what's good there. Yeah. Um. Well, the most like defining like food that comes from Jollibee is the fried chicken. We call it chicken joy, you know, joy and chicken. Like, you actually think that is a fried chicken better than like Popeyes and KFC? Like the quality of the fried chicken? Of course. <laughs> okay, I'm asking you a Filipino that, so they're gonna they're gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love like I think chicken joy is just so good. And um you're hyping it up too much. Maybe I have yeah. to I have to try it soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um three hours away from Indy, so yeah really Chicago's six hours away from here I was in Chicago last weekend but I don't think about Jollibee's um yeah. but I know I see people eat um for, I, like their spaghetti at Jollibee's okay. like the like the I don't know if it's a meat sauce or if it's just a red sauce with noodles um it has it has like ground um beef okay sauce but it's known for being very sweet. Yeah, but, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. If you know who, do you know Anthony Bourdain? I think I've heard that name, but he, I don't. I can't. I've heard the, so of cool. the name before. Yeah, he like visits other. I um he visits other cultures. He visited he visited other cultures. Excuse me, and tried out their food. He did an episode of visiting Jollibee and my parents always talk about that episode where he remarked <laughs> on how like the, the spaghetti tasted like ketchup with like <laughs> pasta and um are you guys offended <laughs> no it's like it's clearly like you know an exaggeration but he said it with like sarcasm and um but you know somewhat I do agree it's known for being like our spaghetti from Jollibee was like is like known for being sweet and the cheese is even sweet and like not as like like a I mean, it's fast food. Like, yeah. but like yeah. it's high quality. I'll say, I'll, I'm gonna be biased. Obviously, <laughs> you're, gonna, like, you're the sponsor. You're the ambassador. <laughs> yeah, Jollibee sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're um. But I've heard that like they're they have like um like ube pie and like mango pie that people say is good. I don't know. Like uh, these are based off me watching videos. I haven't actually been there before, so I can't give my personal opinions about it, but. Let's go back to your Red Robin experience, because I'm not an ambassador for Red Robin. I like it. What was, like, what, what 
besides the rice aspect, uh, what else did you think about it? I was like, oh, it's a basic, like, American chain. Because I was looking at the menu, and I was just like, oh, it's burgers and fries. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, American dinner, not bad, because something different from rice, I guess. But that was, like, one thing I was shocked on. They were like, there's no size of rice. And I'm like, well, duh. You think it's an Asian restaurant for that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there's not any Filipino restaurants in this in Evansville, are there? No. No, yeah. there isn't. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm surprised. So, like, anything, like, if you guys really want something, you usually have to make it yourself. Like, if you want, yeah. like, any type of Filipino dish. Mm-hmm. And some what? ingredients are, like, not even, like, easy. So, at the international grocery store or anything. Yeah. So what about like when you go to like Indianapolis or Chicago, do you feel, is there more variety? Like, is there a lot of Filipino restaurants or not really? In Indy, no. Like, no. (laughs) I tried looking, but I don't see like Filipino restaurants. In Chicago, um, yes, the like, but the basic chain restaurants like Jollibee and um there's this place called Max Restaurant, which is also known for their chicken and just like Filipino cuisine in general, like the popular the popular dishes. Um, but they're the chain restaurants in terms of like lo- like Filipino, but local, but not so local, like restaurants, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, that are like, ma- they're like, you know, founded by, by like Filipinos. Actual Filipinos, yeah. And they're not related to those chain restaurants. Um, I think they're... I don't think there are any, or if so, there's, like, not many of them in Chicago. Wow. How how big is, like, the the Filipino community in the United States? Because, like, I, like, in, like, Chicago and in Indianapolis, like, all in these big cities, like, for Arabs, like, they'll have, like, areas that are, like, dedicated to their grocery stores and restaurants. So it's really surprising Mm -hmm. that they don't have that for the Filipino community. Is there... Mm -hmm. In general, is there not that many Filipinos in the United States? Mm. I wonder. I don't know if you There's know a, that. I feel, like, I feel like there are a lot of Filipinos that have immigrated to the United States because I think I saw a map recently that showed, like, demographics of which ethnicity of immigrants is, like, the majority in certain states. Along the West Coast, the majority of those ethnicities were Filipinos. Wow. So. So you need yeah, us to the West Coast, I'm thinking. Yeah, so like um the communities are much larger yeah. on like the West Coast, perhaps yeah. Florida yeah, I'm not sure. Get some access to some good Filipino food besides like making it yourself. Yeah. Um I yeah, that's like one thing I'm not so shocked about because also on the West and like the West Coast and like um Florida the climate is very similar to the Philippines. I think that's why I like it. Yeah, that makes sense. You want to move somewhere that's similar, like not the cold. (laughs) Yeah, and like environments in general. Um, But yeah, I think like the closest I would get like Filipino food, not made, not homemade and like from a chain. Jollibee's? Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like Jollibee would be like um, Chicago. But I'm not sure if there are any, like, Filipino restaurants that are um, not tied to, like, those famous, like, chain restaurants. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I have to really look into that, which is 
So right. I personally never had Filipino food before. You had mentioned oh. that there's um, a lot of rice. Like, how would you describe it? Like your guys's dishes. Like, is there like something that that you guys always have in your dishes, or is very common? Can you mm-hmm. kind of describe the food a little bit? Yeah. So um, a lot of our meals consist of like the entree or the we call it ulam, but like we eat the entree with rice. Um, like I don't know if Amir ever described we eat a lot of stuff it's like kind of like uh what we call a tabir like it's something that's like um it's kind of like something with a sauce with meat sometimes like there's some type of vegetables and you serve it next yeah. to yeah similar actually similarly like that we we have like those entrees are typically like a form of meat and like there's a lot of seasoning and there's a sauce that you like add to the rice and it's just such it's just a really good meal <laughs> in general and you also get surprised by the lack of seasoning that's used oh my gosh <laughs> you know stuff is not flavorful <laughs> i know oh my god i feel like there's not oh my there's no variety with the seasoning in, yeah like um american like white american, american yeah um salt and pepper is i think okay it's like a, that's like if you're yeah. if you can see the original color of the chicken that means you need more seasoning on that oh yeah <laughs> well, I'm, i would literally get like tiktok my free page and how people would even like partially cook it and i'm just like that's still raw that is raw and bland please I'm like up a bit oh my god <laughs> um but yeah, yeah. um uh, we would we, essentially all of our meals are eaten with rice and um sometimes we would also we would make like a separate on not necessarily entree more like a side like a side dish similar to how like rice is treated like a side dish of like vegetables um Mm -hmm. use a lot of there's like this vegetable that we use a lot we use a lot of bitter melon we call it ampalaya have you heard of bitter melon no i actually haven't heard of it before a lot of um a lot of well it is what it is as the name says it is a bitter melon. It is not, <laughs> it is like rarely um, favored among amongst Filipinos, but I've seen a lot of other like Southeast Asian cultures like um, incorporating bitter melon into their dishes. Interesting. Yeah, which is like, ooh, you know, because we're South Asian and yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have, but we also eat, like, aside from our entrees and rice, we have some vegetables, and yeah, usually that's how our meals go. Yeah, um, that's interesting. So, I guess it's, like, the arrangement of food is very similar to other countries that kind of reside in that mm-hmm. area. Well, I wish I could talk to you more, Bea. I know we've kind of, like, ended our oh. time on here, because uh, yeah. there are some other topics I'd like to discuss with you, so maybe we can do that into, like, another podcast episode. Mm-hmm. But, like, one last thing, a segment that we like to do on our podcast is um, what do people, like, I guess, what resources do you use maybe on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, or, like, a monthly basis, just to keep you in the know? Like, are you reading any books now that you would recommend to our viewers or any podcast, not or any other podcasts as well, or any other Instagram accounts, like, um, that you used to say in the know or is there anything that you would recommend to people even about Filipino culture um Ooh. oh my god it's gosh. a big question <laughs> like if you want to recommend like any resources that you think would be good for people to check out 
I, the way I like just know about like current events also look about like what's happening in the Philippines is just I just generally use social media like <laughs> I don't know is there any specific- like Instagram accounts that are like good for that type of information I guess that maybe people could go follow um I'm not on Instagram a lot but on TikTok I or like Twitter especially I don't know any like I'm sorry I don't know any like specific accounts but that's those are the okay I generally use yeah so just look just so if I guess, like, I remember, like, sometimes on, like, Twitter, like, I'm not a big Twitter person, um, Mm -hmm. but, like, um, like, generally, if you, like, you can look up, like, hashtags of, like, Mm -hmm. like, even certain countries and stuff, and generally, like, big events will come up, right, for um, what's going on. Well, thank you so much, Mm -hmm. again, Abeya, uh, for being on the Mm -hmm. podcast. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. This is, like, a nice time to spend, like, reflecting. (laughs) and discussing about some stuff I like. Thank you.